Hi, this is Alex. And this is Lena. And this is Getting Mouthy. One more Shree Hill podcast. <laughs> every time we've practiced that to make sure our audio sounds good, she's laughed I every time. I don't know time. why. I think it's my, my voice sounds so musical today. I'm like, I'm just very expressive in my voice. I like it. It sounds good. Well, thank you. I'm trying. Lena, we are on episode 21. Yes, we are. The Leaving Song. We're very nearly done. We are. Can you believe it? I can. It's been a while. <laughs> it feels like a long time. <laughs> well, no, it's just we started in, when did we, we started in October, didn't we? We did start. October 12th was when we put out our trailer. Okay. Well, yeah. that's good. And so here we are now, March 13th? March 13th. My March mother's 13th. birthday. Look at that. Oh, you're right. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, mom. Aww. Happy birthday to everyone else, too, who isn't Alex's mom, because you that's, also deserve to be happy. That's true. Um, so this is, to borrow Alex's favorite word, the penultimate episode, right? That's right. <laughs> Alex uses that as often as he humanly can to describe anything. I mean, I like that word. What can I say? We're here, baby. There's Stuff is happening. We're getting set up for the finale, which will truly change everything. So I'm very excited. It's a good episode, I think, too. It is a pretty good episode. There's some, there's some fun stuff in there. We'll get to it. Um, do we want to start with you doing a brief synopsis, Alex? Well, if I have to try to remember what happened in this episode, Haley finds out that Nathan likes Amazon and not the book company. Oh. And <laughs> Lucas finds out that what Dan was telling him to ask Karen in the previous episode mm-hmm. was actually the revelation that Dan did try and ask for joint custody when he was a baby. Yeah. Which is interesting. It is interesting. And we see that. And all of that stuff kind of goes together. And we see the Scott boys getting together and coming a little closer in this episode. The playoffs are next week. Whitey is going under the knife Mm -hmm. for eye surgery. And Dan is going to be stepping in and leading the Tree Hill Ravens. Mm -hmm. And it turns out that at the end of the episode, Lucas realizes why Karen had to tell him that Dan didn't want to be in his life. And says that he needs to find himself also by leaving Tree Hill with Keith. I want to leave Tree Hill. That's my best Chad Michael Murray. <laughs> that was decent. Um, yeah, that was a, that was pretty good. So I Googled the synopsis as I always do. And what came up was the synopsis of, even though it was saying episode 21, season one, it was like clearly the synopsis of like episode four or something that kept coming up. So I went to the One Tree Hill wiki site for a very brief synopsis, which says, Lucas is shocked to learn that Dan once asked Karen for joint custody of Lucas when he was a baby. Meanwhile... Peyton panics after Nikki kidnaps Jake's baby while she is babysitting. No mention of the porn, but mention of the Nikki Peyton storyline, which I kind of forgot about also. I completely forgot. Which is crazy because that is a definitely a, a primary storyline here. Yeah, you're right. I completely forgot that happened. I forgot everything about this episode. Thank God we have notes. We That's watched right. this yesterday, but a lot has happened since then. <laughs> yeah, we watched this last night, so it's it's still a lot's happened since. It'll last be night. fairly fresh once we get started. Yes, which it definitely we should do will. now. We should. When we were first turning this on, and we were, we were watching the recap from last week, and I just want to mention this because Alex mentioned as we were watching the recap and then went into the beautiful intro, intro to the show, um, how this is just, I just we haven't really mentioned this, I don't think. This is such a good theme song. And because Alex brought it up in our conversation about the episode yesterday, I felt like I wanted to mention that. I like this theme song. I think it's one of the best. To quote, okay, well, Alex isn't enthusiastic about this at all, but yesterday he was like, this, you know, this has got to be one of the best theme songs I've ever heard. That's exactly how he said it. Is that how I said it? That level of enthusiasm. 
I mean, I agree with that statement. We sing out and we sing proud the whole theme song anytime it's on. At least I do. I don't know if you do. Every time you do. Every time I do. Sometimes I'll join in. Alex will usually join at the very beginning of that. I don't want to be. That's the part he will join in on and then he'll drop it like it's hot shortly mm -hmm. after. That's right. Anyway, I you're not into talking about that. That's okay. <laughs> but he was excited about it and I wanted to mention it because I thought his excitement was exciting. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> We open up with naked Lucas and his little nipples. That's my first line of notes, and I stand by it. <laughs> Trying to sleep with light beating in through the windows. There comes a knock on the door. It's Nathan. Dude, it's 6 a.m., says Lucas. You know, the clock actually says it's about 6.05. Why are you always looking at the clocks I in mean, all of these scenes? Like, I don't even know where the clocks are. It was right next to his bed. I don't. He had a little alarm clock over there. Who cares? Now, I'm going to tell you something, too. Just spoiler <laughs> alert. There is a trivia question I have for you in this episode. Is it about a clock? It is about a clock. Jesus, Alex, I'm not going to know. <laughs> like, why? Well, I'm going to see. You might get it right anyway. I will not get it right. Anyway. Anyway. I did notice that the clock, like every other clock in Tree Hill, the second hand was not moving. So. Time truly stands still I wonder in how, Tree Hill. Let's see. I wonder how often they have to record these scenes that they turn all the clocks off. But the thing is, the clocks are usually reflective of, like, the appropriate time based on the world of the... Yeah, but know? they turn off, like, because the second hand doesn't move. So it makes me wonder how, how often do they have this to This is so much more time than we ever should spend on clocks. I'm just saying. Honey, I just want to know. Clocks do not deserve this much attention. Insert clip of clocks by Coldplay. I won't, but I just felt like it needed to be said. Anyway. Playoffs um, are next week. So, yeah, Nathan shows up at the at the door... Yeah. Little knocky knock. Playoffs are next week. You need to fucking train, dude. You're a mess, is what he says. I need your help. And they decide to go running. I do think it's funny, though, because he's like, you know, we're going to go running. Let's study some game tape. Whatever. Like, he's going on and on. And, like, Nathan is the new Dan in this situation where he's just like, you need to make this happen. But he also does say, like, I also am appreciative of you standing up to Dan. And yes. last week when he was bailing him out of jail. <laughs> says he party, owes him. Yeah, so I think that even though I say he's like the new Dan, he's also like kind about it. So anyway, they, they go off for a run. Lucas ends up bringing up to Nathan um, during this run or while they're walking or whatever, that he's concerned about the comment Dan made about what happened to him and Karen back in the day. And Nathan's like, listen, he's probably just fucking with you. Like, this is how Dan is. Don't let it get into your head. That's what he wants. And Lucas is like, I don't, I don't know, man. I, I feel kind of worried about it. We'll see. <laughs> Speaking of daddies, Larry's home. That's right. Larry's home <laughs> and he walks into Peyton's room who's getting dressed in front of the webcam. And she says, ooh, I got naked in front of that webcam. Sorry, dad. And like, okay, she doesn't say it in that way, but that's essentially the spirit of what she says. And I'm just like, what a joke to make to your father when you're underage. I don't think I would make that joke to my dad now. <laughs> you know? That you get in front of a webcam? That I get naked in front of webcams? Yeah. I mean, I just think it's funny that she made that joke when she's like 16 or something. It is a, an interesting joke. And he's just like, ugh, don't tell me that. Ugh, you know? And then he vomits. <laughs> he vomits and the whole scene, the mood shifts. Larry mentions that he is leaving once again, which is like every other week of Peyton's life. Well, right. They're acting like Larry's been there for a little while. But when was the last time we've even seen Larry? When they were digging up the football field, I think. Yeah, but, right. Like that was ages ago at this point. But so he, are we supposed to assume he's been there this whole time? I guess. I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, like he's like Alex said, he's going off on another trip. He's traveling to where? The Florida Keys. Ooh, for six days. I thought it was five days. Well, it's six, I think, because I then five. Peyton said that she can party for five. I don't know. She's not going to party the last day? No, she's going to clean up the house because oh. it looks like shit. <laughs> like 
I mean, it'd be funny if that, well, maybe that's what they said. I, I have no care. idea. Either way, it's five to six days. Mm-hmm. He's leaving. And then he actually asks Peyton, is it cool if I see Lucas's mom? And Peyton says, yeah, I wouldn't. Who cares? Like, what, what if it was too weird? Well, you just have to get used to it, kiddo. I mean, clearly Peyton feels weird about it. She's like, well, it's cool. You know, you know, it's fine. But like, you could tell she's clearly like a little uncomfortable. I don't know if I could tell that. Are you serious? Well, like they literally she... linger on her face of her being like, oh. I don't remember that. <laughs> I remember her saying, oh, it's cool. Who cares? Alex, are you serious? But then she started to think, well, that means Lucas would be in our life more. Then she was like, well, what if it was weird? And then he said, well, you just got to get used to it. Well, no, because she's probably thinking, well, what if they end up being together? Then I could never date Lucas again. Probably thinking like he's a piece of shit well, at no, this point. Well, no, she does think that. Well, she obviously is not happy with him, but that doesn't mean that all of her feelings are gone. That's true. Maybe. It complicates it. I mean, had, had Larry asked her this two days ago, she probably would have been like, yeah, that's completely unacceptable. Shut that shit down, daddy. But well, nevertheless, I just, I tell she's bothered. So we come to Lucas's house and he sees Karen the way I wrote this is kind of weird. So we're at Lucas's house. Lucas asks his mom. He wants to know, what did Dan mean when he said, you should ask your mom about what kind of father I was? What really happened back then? Yeah, what then? really happened back mm-hmm. then? And Karen kind of deflected a little bit and said, you know, like, Lucas, I had your best interests in mind. But then finally reveals that Dan asked to be in his life after Lucas was born. He asked for joint custody. That's right. Lucas was befuddled. And then after moving back to town with Deb, he did ask for joint custody. But Karen didn't trust him. And she made a decision that she thought was right. But Lucas is clearly bothered by this because his whole worldview has been, Dan never wanted to be in my life. But now he's not so sure because he clearly, at one point, did want to be. Well, yeah. I mean, his whole life, he has assumed he was unwanted by his father. Yeah. And not only unwanted, but like resented. And now he's hearing like, oh, that wasn't the truth forever. Um, that would really fuck a person up. It would. It would. I mean, how he, he, resp- I mean, first of all, I want to say, I love that Karen immediately levels. I mean, she, you said she like kind of hemmed and hawed a little bit. And I don't know if I'd really say that she did. I feel like she kind of just was like, let me preface everything I'm about to say by the fact that like, all I think about is you because you are my shining star. But then she says, this is what I did. And she's very honest about it. And I, I think, I don't know if it's at this point or not. I think it is where she says, I knew this was a conversation I might have to have someday, but like I was willing to take that risk because I didn't want him to be in your life because he's like not a good person. Um, so I don't know. It's interesting. I uh, I feel bad for both of them though because Karen, this was obviously hard for her and Lucas is upset and he immediately like kind of walks out and leaves Karen sitting there befuddled and feeling bad, honestly. Yes. But then this is where Lucas actually goes to school mm-hmm. and sees Peyton and tries to talk to her. She's like, fuck off, bro. She doesn't want to talk. Like, go tell it to your new girlfriend, Nikki. Is that what she says? She says, yeah. Oh, Go tell Peyton. it to Nikki. Then she skulks away with Brooke. She does. Man. And then it actually goes into the gym. They're going to basketball practice, and they're going to cheerleading practice in mm-hmm. the gym. And Brooke and Peyton are talking to each other. And Peyton actually brings up the idea that they should hang out today. They should go to the mall. Mm-hmm. And do a makeup try-on. Let's do it. Everybody's I, happy. I wrote in my notes, yes, Alex, this is a thing girls do. Because for some reason, I thought you would question it. No. Why wouldn't you try on makeup? Well, I didn't know if you would like know what that world was about. I don't know what that world's about, but I'm not surprised that it exists. What do you know about makeup? Anything? I know that women and other people that aren't women <laughs> take little little circular discs, open them up, and then put a brush on it, and then put a brush on their face. Lipstick, foundation, concealer. Ooh! 
Um, what else do you know? Blush. Mascara. <laughs> I don't know what these things are. You know what they are. I don't. I mean, I'm sure the foundation goes on first. You don't know what first. blush is? No. You don't know what blush is? I don't use blush. Why would I know? Because you live in the world where, like, it's just... I don't know which product does what. I'm How assuming... you not know? I'm assuming it makes it look like you're blushing, but with different colors. So, you, <laughs> so it's probably cheeks shit. <laughs> blushing, with, but with different colors. I just imagine, like, a metallic blue blush. Well... I don't know what people do for blush. I don't, like, I'm assuming, is it cheek stuff? Yes. Okay, then. See, look, I know what I'm talking about. I just think it's funny the way men can, like, escape this knowledge their entire life while living among all the people that use it. I was never pressured to wear makeup. I know. I just think it's funny. It's just, like, it's it's funny to me. This is such, like, a normal part of women's lives. Or many women's lives. Not all, of course. Well, anyway. 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 Makeup party after work today. Makeup party. After practice. Excuse me. Makeup party. Both... For cosmetics, but also for making up That's right. their friendship. Pretty That's awesome. Right. Um, but then we see Whitey is running practice, and he is telling everybody, we got to kick ass during playoffs, but here's the thing, you guys. I'm getting eye surgery, so I'm not going to be there for the first game. And Nathan's like, well, who's going to coach us, Whitey? <laughs> That's exactly what he said. <laughs> well, he did. And Alex, I got to ask you my trivia question. Who is going to replace Whitey? Hmm, interesting. I'm going to guess that the JV coach, Junior Varsity, Coach McCallum. Yes! Oh. They say that name like 20 times in the episode. No, right? they don't. Well, they say it more it's than once. It's the only time I heard it. Well, Until later with Dan and Whitey. This is like the only time I heard that name. Well, Lucas and Nathan say the name. Oh, do they? Yeah. When they're running around? I think so. Either way, I got it right. Point yes, you Alex. did. Good job. Point that's, to Alex. That's the, first, um, that's the first trivia question I asked you forever, and it was apparently really easy. <laughs> um, whatever. So the plan is Coach McCallum is going to take over for J- the JV coach just for the one game. It'll be fine. But Nathan is like, look, to Lucas, they're walking away. He's like, look, we got to like fucking bring it because it's you and I carrying all these other losers and McCallum sucks. And, you know, let's keep working out. Because I don't think we'll really have to talk about this later uh, when Dan brings it up. Mm-hmm. But Coach McCallum hasn't won but like five games this year. Mm-hmm. And I think one of them was uh, forfeit. Yes. That he, like, because they only won four. He fucking sucks is what we're so, finding out. Yeah, they're not great. He's no Whitey Durham. Let's put put it that way. Um, meanwhile, Lucas goes to Keith because he's just really trying to get down to the bottom of, like, what the hell happened with Dan and the custody thing. Yeah, so Keith's at home getting ready to move. He's still packing everything up. He's still wrapping up mugs and newspaper and dreaming of a better life. As soon as... Lucas walks in the door. Keith offers him to stay for pizza that's coming, which, what an amazing guy. Oh, my God. That generated a lot, like, some discussion and a stir of excitement in Alex and I thinking about pizza. Yes. We didn't order pizza, though, you guys. We were really good. We were good. We managed. What did we even eat? I ate a pizza, but it was a naan. I had a, a little piece of naan. Oh, yeah. If you buy packages of naan bread, throw a little sauce on there, throw a little cheese, bake it 412 degrees in the oven, you guys. 400 calories. Not bad. Not bad. Anyway. Um, I've definitely been there in my life where I've gotten like pizza on the way. It's like I called or, or whatever and somebody decides to like stop by my room like I'm a dorm or something or somebody wants <gasps> to talk to me and I'm like, get out of here. I have plans. <laughs> so it's very generous of Keith. It is generous of Keith. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like it's normal, but I also know what you mean. Yeah. I, I do know what you mean, Alex. Because I have like a whole... Like when I'm alone <laughs> and I have ritual. pizza coming, 
<laughs> I'm moving my chair to the middle of the room, right in front of the TV. You're like Nathan with his computer when I'm you're alone be, with pizza. I'm going to be playing a game or something. <laughs> I'm going to turn on Star Wars. I don't know. But my pants are probably going to be off. I'm going to be wearing some kind of sleep shorts. <laughs> wow. Or just underwear. Who knows? What a fucking image you're giving everyone. Yep. yep. I'm just telling you. Like, there's Beautiful. a whole... There's a whole... It's a ritual. It's a ritual. And maybe Keith has a better relationship with food. (laughs) And so for Keith, it's like, ooh, sustenance. And that's all he thinks about when he gets pizza delivered. Yeah, he probably got like a small pizza delivered. (laughs) He probably got a personal pan pizza delivered with a side garden salad. (laughs) I've got a large pizza on the way with like sides (laughs) that I'm not preparing to save for leftovers. Oh, God. Anyway, Keith invites Lucas for pizza. (laughs) Yeah, move, moving on from moving the on. from the half second comment about pizza that was made in the show. Um, so Lucas is like, I need to get down to the bottom of this. What did Dan ever ask for custody? And Keith is like, Oh, I see. He's spreading that lie again. And Lucas is like, Keith, my mom confirmed this. Like she just fucking admitted everything. And Keith is like, What? I've never heard this before. Since when did he ask for custody? And uh, they have a little conversation about it. It's easy to see a guy that never cared. It's easier to hate him that way, right? Well, maybe that's why your mom kept it from you. Uh, Yeah, I I know he's a bad guy, but maybe he just made some poor choices. Yeah, I mean, Lucas says, I just want to read this because this is how I've typed it with my little typo. Maybe he made some poo choices. Some he did poo make some, choices. He definitely made some poo choices. Poo on you, Dan. Um, no, but really, Lucas says, like, maybe he made a lot of bad choices that are kind of stemming from this one particular thing that went wrong in his life. And Keith is, like, his whole life is a poor choice. Like, he is not, basically, he's, like, he's not worthy of all this compassion you're giving him. However, I will say that I think Lucas's headspace about this is completely understandable. And I actually think we see this kind of carry through into Keith later in the episode, too, of, like, this is the spiral effect. Like, would Dan, if Dan was a good guy for the most part when he was like a teenager, which I'm not sure if that's completely true, but whatever. This this experience of like being unallowed to be a part of his son's life when he wanted to be, raising another child in the same time, like that kind of hardening he would have to do on his heart to like be able to handle that. Obviously he could have fought for this more, you know? I don't know. I just, I feel like, that could derail somebody and make them everything in their life feel more morally gray than it should, you know? Yeah. So I, I think it's a fair question. It is a fair question. And I like that. I, I am. I appreciate that as an audience, we are now challenged to think of Dan as a person who did want to be a father to Lucas after an entire season so far of thinking he's just a dick, you know? Yes. So it's a nice moment for the audience to have to think about this differently, too. It's very nice because we'll, we'll think about it a little bit more later when Karen mentions it. Because I'm very interested in, in talking about it then, too. But now we go to Nathan's apartment, where Haley needs to do some schoolwork and borrows his laptop. And Nathan's going to go to practice, and he's talking about needing to get an extra shift at the mall because he's got a brand new, shiny, brand new cable modem. Mm-hmm. No more DSL. Pretty good. Back then, I definitely just had dial-up. I remember dial-up until, like, I went to, like, I moved out of there as an 18-year-old. I think the timeline of this, I would say that most people still had dial up at this mm-hmm. time. So the fact that they have Nathan paying for more expensive internet when he supposedly doesn't have any money doesn't really make sense to me because well, we know why now he needs a be- the better internet. 
don't even know where his priorities were. We do know why. You gotta get that crystal clear image. That's right. Yeah, we'll come back to them though. They're because that was that was a very quick scene because it was just yes. Haley is going to use his computer. It's just a setup. We have more to say about that yeah. when we get back to it. Because now we actually go back to Whitey's office, mm-hmm. who's looking at his little playoff bracket, and this is where Dan walks in because he is like, "What's this I hear about you not being available for the playoffs?" And this is where he talks about McCallum being a joke mm-hmm. and how. Like, Whitey says, like, hey, this is only going to be one game. Well, it'll be the last game if they lose. And Dan is trying to petition to for him to be appointed the temporary coach. He's like, listen, Whitey, I know this team. I know this team inside and out, and I could coach the fuck out of them. And then Whitey says my favorite line of the whole episode. You ought to. Your daddy to half of them. <laughs> it's going to burn for me to say this. It's coming from my heart. Hilarious. That's a Thank great you, line. Whitey. No, it's very funny. And I love that Dan just like has no reaction to that. But um, we could see Dan is on a mission to take over this team. And we'll see if he gets to it. And Whitey is not about this. Because he says he cares enough about them to protect them from, mm-hmm. from him. Yep. So we'll see what happens there. Because now we actually go to the two people that he does father. Playing on the river court, Nathan and Lucas. Yes. Lucas sucks, by the way, in this scene. Yeah, he's not great. He's doing real, real bad. But this is where, because he's still coming off his shoulder injury, too. Yeah, of course. I mean, not only is he coming off his shoulder injury and he hasn't been playing and he's recovering from that, but he's also very distracted, like emotionally right now. And it comes up right here. And this is where, like, Lucas asks if Dan ever talked about him when Nathan was little. And Nathan replies, you know, like, when I was younger, I I heard them argue, like, my parents arguing about you. Then he, like, Nathan actually started to hate Lucas because of it, which is pretty sad. Yeah, and he says, though, like, you know, I, did, I didn't know any better. You know, I didn't know you. Like, like, I saw what Dan wanted me to see. Yeah, exactly, which I love that he's kind of, like, their relationship has really shifted the last couple of episodes. It's so nice. I honestly, the thing I don't like about rewatching season one is the part where, the parts where Nathan and Lucas have a really rough relationship. That's very sad to me. So I like when we're getting to the end here. They're obviously getting a lot closer. That's just wonderful. I do think it's really nice that they become a lot closer as brothers. You see their brotherly love really seeping out. <laughs> what a gross way of putting it. What do you mean? Seeping out? Well, I could have said oozing. <laughs> why, why are those the words I don't you know. That's use? just, what would you say? <laughs> I don't know. Glowing around them. Sure. Shining in their hearts. Sure. What not. Um, but then we return to Nathan's apartment where little Haley... Haley is trying to write the next great American novel. No, she's trying to write a paper about Darwin. Oh, excuse me. (laughs) Okay, so let's just explain the setup here. Haley has her little word document or whatever open. She has a title, like The Origin of Species or whatever. And she has two sentences written where she's trying to come up with what to say next about The Origin of Species. So she opens up the browser. Which is aptly named Internet Browser. And she starts typing origin because she's gonna write origin of species and what comes up but original sin hot nasty girls a nasty woman boom bitch she types it into the search and auto completes yes and then this is where she realizes (laughs) she realizes this is what nathan uses to complete himself yep so Haley is shocked by this Haley is scandalized to say the least scandalized is a good way to put it she is scandalized this is Haley's first interaction with pornography and she goes and checks the bookmarks, and what does she find? Oh, what does she find? What doesn't she find might be a better question. Well, my real question to you now is, what is the last bookmark that we see? Fast Cars, Fast Women? Research Central. 
Okay, I didn't write them in order, and I only wrote down the porn sites, which I wrote there them, are a plenty. I wrote them all because this is the only way I could get some trivia questions. All right, let's go. But let's go from the very top. What does Nathan have in his bookmarks? Ravenhoops.com. And what's the next one? XXX Sorority Sluts. Oh, yeah. I thought Horny Coeds was above sor- Sorority Sluts. I don't have Horny Coeds. Oh, <laughs> oh well. Horny Coeds, I think, is the top one. Ooh. Right under Original Sin, Hot Nasty Girls. Okay. I think it goes horny co-eds. Well, I have XXX sorority sluts. And then my favorite one, which mm-hmm. we've talked about, mm-hmm. is the Amazing Amazons. Amazing Amazon. Okay, Nathan, let's talk about this. Is he into like Wonder Woman? That kind of Amazon? I think Amazons. By Amazons, I think he's interested in giantess women. Giantess women. Let's talk about the giantess women, Alex. What do you know about the giantess fetish? Well, let's, let's put it this way. Yeah. I thought it would be kind of fun... This is all new to us, podcasting, recording ourselves in general. But I thought it'd be kind of fun. They have a way that they have a audiobook creation exchange that you can go to and you can narrate audiobooks. And I thought, you know what? It'd be kind of cool. What kind of books do people have on there that random Joes like myself <laughs> could narrate? And I found one where it explored a fetish. I can't remember the name of it. Who cares? But the fetish was being swallowed whole by a giantess. When a, a man getting turning shrunken or yeah. the woman growing, either one, where a giant woman swallows you for digestion purposes. So, of course, <laughs> sure. I'm just clarifying. The word swallow indicates other things. That's I all thought that was so strange and so funny. Not I'm, that I'm, I'm not bashing people that have that No, fetish. of course not. But I do think it's funny that Nathan has an, Am- <laughs> an Amazon Maybe that's what he's into. I think, I think it's, it's great. I think it's great and it's unexpected. And I just like that that was included casually. My um, my theory, personally, is that this is Mark Schwann's computer and they just borrowed it to film this scene. I want to say another thing about this. Haley, my dear, you did not do a good job with your writing process because had you done your research before you started writing, you would never have had to discover these things. You should not be on your second sentence about a paper about the origin of species and have to Google or <laughs> internet search origin of species. Like the, you should have done your research. You should have an outline. You should have all of your research there in front of you. I don't care if you use the note card method. I don't care if you printed out your sources and have a little highlighter. You, if you had followed the writing process in a much more succinct and academic way, you would have saved yourself a lot of trouble. So, so basically this is your fault, Haley. Well, maybe the real problem here is Tree Hill's education didn't teach her the proper way to write a paper. Maybe Haley in all her tutoring has gotten a little arrogant and thought, you know, I don't need to use the card catalog. I could use Nathan's computer because I'm so smart. No, I'm kidding. This is not Haley's fault. I just I've think it's written, funny. I've written papers this way. <laughs> I am not saying, no, listen, I, I to, as a reminder to everyone, I teach writing and um, I'm not saying, a lot of people have written papers this way. I just feel like it's funny because she's like writing her second sentence and immediately like, well, I don't know what to say about the origin of speeches. Let me just put it in the internet search and see what happens. Um, and I think it's funny that that's what this results in. Um, but nevertheless, looking at this substantive list of I pornography. Int- I think it's interesting too, because he has like regular stuff mixed in. Ravenhoops.com. Basketball stats. Basketball stats and scores. The scorecard. Tree Hill High School. And then Research Central. He also has at the very end, Fast Cars, Fast Women. <laughs> what else does he have? Well, he also has Punk and Disorderly. Which we all know is Peyton's webcam. Which we saw her getting undressed earlier, or getting dressed rather, in front of it. Peyton. Is somebody watching? I always feel like somebody's watching me. 
can't. I can't. It, it has to come out. If I have the thought, I have to sing it. You don't have to. You I have to. to sing it, Alex. I can't. I can't hold it in when these things happen. You should have felt the butterflies in my chest when I got excited about singing. I, I could hear the butterflies flying around. <sighs> the little wings are flapping. Um, Haley is disgusted. She is fucking disgusted. She is horrified by what she sees. She shakes her head in absolute horror. Next, we see Keith. <laughs> Keith comes over to Karen's and immediately brings up what Luke told him. Keith is fucking pissed, let's be honest. He is, because he, like, he's very upset. Like, you kept that from me all these years. Because Keith called Dan a liar all of those years ago when Dan said he asked for joint custody. But now he finds out that Karen was the liar. Yeah, and Karen is like, what difference does this make? Like, you, he's not a good guy, you know? And would you have loved Lucas any less had, you know, you known that Dan wanted to be involved? And Keith's like, no, of course not. But it maybe would have made me look at my brother differently. And honest to God, I I understand why Karen made the decision she did. And completely, I'm not questioning her for doing that. But I understand why Keith is so upset. Because he had this vision of Dan as, like, abandoning his child his entire life. Think about how much that shaped his view of Dan and their relationship forever. I mean, maybe permanently severed their relationship. Yeah. And I'm now angry. he has to reflect in the same way that Lucas does. He has to kind of reflect now, like, what does this say about my relationship with Dan? Like, what maybe he, he and I could have been closer. Maybe I misunderstood him. And, and maybe his resentment toward me is me taking care of it. Like, it would spiral so many thoughts, I think. So I understand why Keith is very upset about this, even though I don't think Karen necessarily did anything wrong. I understand why Keith is so upset. Absolutely. I agree. <laughs> Good. <laughs> So now we transition from Karen's house to Whitey's office. Whitey starts to walk in and notices somebody sitting in his chair. Who is it? Evil Dan. Dan is sitting in his chair, making himself at home. He has his fingers and his his hands laced over his belly, and he's tapping his fingertips together like only evil men do. That's right. I don't know if he's doing that, actually. He's not. He was writing a note to leave for Whitey. (laughs) But here's where my next trivia question comes in. Is it the time? It is the time. What time is on the clock that does not have a second hand that moves? 4.58. 5.35. Damn it. At least I was in the... A de- I was within an hour, right? Yeah, you were. So that's at least something. Yeah. Very <laughs> Thanks good, for honey. that very stimulating trivia question, Alex. <laughs> well, you're welcome. Yeah. But Dan, he says, you know what? I'm going to need your playbooks. I'm going to need your roster. Because I'm going to be coaching the game after all. Which Whitey is shocked by this. Like, get out of here. Fucking fool. Get out. And Dan says, you know, maybe you should get a cell phone because I got the athletic committee together and they voted that I can be the coach. You fucking scum, Dan. (laughs) He went behind Whitey's back and stole his team from him. He did. But honestly, this probably is better than Coach McCallum leading them to a victory. Is it? But honestly, it's the emotional abuse that these other these boys are going to have to endure. They're two star players are going to have to endure leading up to it. Come on. Nathan could have taken them. That's true. That's true. It's better for us as viewers, though. <laughs> but we definitely see Whitey is not happy with this. Yeah, and I don't blame him. And Dan grabs the offensive playbook he finds and walks out. Waltzes, you might even say. I would definitely say that. <laughs> um, speaking of waltzing, <laughs> Peyton and Procrut the mall. Are they waltzing? <laughs> no. I don't know why. I just like that as a transition. They're at the mall, and they're pushing baby Jenny in her crib, or what's it called? Stroller. Stroller. (laughs) So Peyton's pushing the stroller and they're shopping because Brooke said that she would babysit while Jake's at work. And Peyton is just having fun with her friend again. 
I miss this whole girlfriend thing, she says to Brooke. And they stop by some storefront. They're looking in the store. They're excited about the possibilities of makeup town or whatever you I were talking about. I think they're looking about. at lingerie, actually. Is that what it is? Yeah, I think Brooke says something like, do you want to watch me try on lingerie and tell me how not fat I am? And Peyton's like, you're not fat, though, girl. And she's like, girl, I know. That's why I just want you to tell me. And then while this little exchange is happening. Somebody disappeared. Or did they? They turn around. Nikki has Jenny in her hands. Jenny has been snatched. Dangerous! And obviously this isn't good news because Nikki has been trying everything she can to get baby Jenny. And she's like stalking at this point for sure. Because how did she know that they, they were at the mall? Yeah. I mean, she was probably just checking out the carousel, but... That's true. <laughs> That's very true. No, I mean, that is true. She obviously is paying extremely close attention to whatever Jake is doing with Jenny. But I know this is unpopular. I just feel... Let's put it this way. I understand what you're going to say here. Yeah. I think it's perfectly acceptable for her to want to be in Jake's... Or in Jenny's life. Yes. And I do feel like Jake should allow that. But... She shouldn't just go over and take Jenny out of the... No. No, obviously that is not okay. Because obviously, like, at this point in the whole relationship of things, Jake has given supervision of, of Jenny to Peyton. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he obviously and, trusts Peyton. you know, she's babysitting. And then suddenly the mom comes and grabs the baby, mm-hmm. says, I'm going to go shopping with Jenny. And then she starts to walk away. Yeah. I understand that it, it shouldn't be that way. But Jake could have avoided a lot of this, I think, that's going to happen if he had just worked out... An agreement, which I understand, and yeah. his, I understand his thinking also. I mean, we're definitely going to talk about this more because it becomes very relevant later in the episode. Um, Jake's custody or lack of custody agreement with Nikki, but for now, Nikki is standing there like a fucking menace and holding baby Jenny, and is like, you know, somebody could have taken her. You, you should have been watching. And Peyton's like, give her back to me now. And Jenny's like, I'm taking my baby. And she fucking bolts out of there. Well, she's going to bolt. She, sl- she slinks away, as Nikki does. And Peyton is like, Brooke, go get a security officer. And Brooke's like, on it. And then Peyton starts following her as slowly as she possibly can, starts following Nikki and sees her kind of like, again, very calmly walking around between people. She's not like running away with Jenny. She's just kind of walking around. But Peyton, for some reason, stops following her completely and starts searching for her phone doesn't immediately find it. We could still see where Nikki is, but for some reason Peyton then turns around and runs back away from Nikki and goes to a singular telephone stand. Do you remember Singular, Alex? I do remember Singular. Singular eventually became AT&T. They have their little mall kiosk set up. They even have yeah. a little sign that says one free local call. Oh, I didn't I, see that sign. I saw it afterwards, and I, and I thought it was interesting that they would have that. Mm-hmm. But honestly, it's not a bad idea, so you can test a cell phone out. Yeah. But she grabs that cell phone and calls karen's cafe to say hey like jake needs to know about yeah. this but i mean why didn't she just like follow nikki i don't understand like it's so dumb either. the way i know that she's probably just panicking but it's so dumb honestly the setup kind of reminds me of like halloween or something where michael myers is like walking at the slowest human pace imaginable but still somehow keeping up with everyone that's running it's the opposite here nikki is not even trying to get away quickly she's literally just walking away very slowly and for whatever reason peyton cannot keep up and, it, and then suddenly also the the mall becomes crowded with a million and a half extras and it's just suddenly like an insane place to be but anyway the point is nikki has escaped with jenny and peyton and brooke are like what the fuck are we going to do now? That baby's gone. Security guard was notified what will happen next. But first, 
Nathan and Lucas come back to Nathan's apartment, and that's where they find Haley still sitting in the same spot she was before, thinking about all the porn, I'm sure. Oh, thinking only about the porn. And Lucas ends up leaving because Haley wants to talk to Nathan alone. This is where Haley confronts him about his internet search history. Mm-hmm. And he says, like, Haley, I just stumbled upon it. I did. What about these half a dozen other sites? And proceeds to show his bookmark list. She got him. Damn, she's got him right there. Yep, he can't say it wasn't me after all that. It's hard enough for me that I have to compete with the girls at school that just give it away. Now I've got to be a porn star? Haley, look, you're overreacting. No, I really don't think that I am. This hurts me, Nathan. And he says, yo, Haley, girl, this is just what guys do. Yeah, come on. <laughs> look, Haley is scared of being naked in front of Nathan and being compared to fast cars and even faster women. This is the standard I'm going to be held to? And honestly, like, I understand Haley's, I don't know. Um, insecurity? Insecure. I understand her insecurity perfectly here. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, they're not having sex, and he's not trying to pressure her. Mm-hmm. Sometimes all you need is a little ammunition to get it up and jerk one off. Just beat it. Just beat it. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I... I have a lot of, I mean, we're going to revisit this storyline a couple of times throughout the episode. So I have a lot of thoughts on it. I don't want to spoil any of those for later where they may be more appropriate. But I will say this reminded me of this incident when I was in high school with this girl that I was lab partners with. And she was like telling me she discovered that her boyfriend was, was masturbating. She wasn't upset about porn or anything like that. She was just upset at the very fact that her boyfriend was jerking himself off all the time. And I was like, what? Like, I like did not understand why she was upset. And I was like trying to hide. I was like, I don't know. That seems like a normal way to spend an afternoon to me. <laughs> um, but this girl was like, it's not. It's perverse and disgusting. If he loves me, he shouldn't have to touch himself ever. And I was like, girl, that's not how things are. That's not how things are. Because and it shouldn't be how things are for, are for girls either, thank you very much. Like, not. like Be free. You know, sometimes you get urges to do things. And if the other person's not ready or they don't want to, which is perfectly valid, then yeah, I'm going to go to the shower. I'm going to jerk myself off into the drain. You're going to find a little throw pillow and you're going to ride around on it. I'm going to go to the carousel ride and just think hard until I, well, you know. <laughs> you're going to do something to deal with the urge. <laughs> you're going to do something to deal with urges. And when it comes to, like, pleasuring yourself, okay, you can do this in a variety of ways. Some people look at internet porn, okay? Some people go to Etsy and just buy sex toys. Oh, my God. Does Etsy have a lot of sex toys? We know this because I definitely searched it. We spent an evening the other day looking at sex toys on Etsy. And honestly, just for research. It was, it was honestly It was genuinely research. just for research. Because I was wondering, like, what are the limits to the stuff that they have? I was looking at something. I typed in, I don't even know what oh, I typed in. Oh, you know what in. it was? Okay, this is how it started. It started out with searching funny gifts for men. Oh, FYI, they're not funny. But lots of just, like, random boob stuff. And they were showing underwear or something. Yeah, there was underwear. You know what it was? I think there was, like, a picture of, like, a bra and stuff that showed, like, a nipple. And I was very surprised that they had a nipple on Etsy. Mm-hmm. So then I think I typed in, like, adult. They're are sex toys all over Etsy. All different types. So, like, this is what... And people leaving reviews. <laughs> See, imagine if Nathan had access to Etsy back then. Nathan. I mean, he still would have watched porn. Just he would have had more assistance during it. <laughs> That's right. I just... I don't, see an, I don't see an issue. Like, I understand... Let's put it this way. I think the biggest thing here 
for me, if I was Haley, would probably be just the insecurity. Like, I do not look like them. If that's what it takes for you to get off, I do not look like them. And this is what actually is bothering me. I get it. Because trust me, I believe the same thing about myself in real life. I do not look like a six foot five, you know, Johnny Depp or whatever, <laughs> whatever height he is. Is is that what you think it would take for me? I don't understand. I don't know, I don't know what it takes for you <laughs> or for anybody. Alan. I'm just saying like some people like Johnny Depp, whomever it whomever it is for whatever. Uh-huh. Kind of person, okay. These aren't the people that I'm, I'm not this person. Okay? Yeah, I get it. And... Like, I get it from that aspect, but, I mean, it's just like watching a movie for, for me. If I were to watch a movie and somebody were to, if they were to have a sex scene. Where are we going with this, Alex? I, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this. No, okay. I've lost so my point. So here's the thing. Like I do ago. think, listen, I, I don't want to say that it's not, I absolutely think it is normal for a teenage girl to react this way. I think it's normal. You know, I think there's a lot of teenage girls that maybe wouldn't react this way I, because it's because of the normalcy of internet porn. I also think it's very understandable because you're insecure and you're young. And I also think it's understandable for any adult women to react this way, too. If people are uncomfortable with it, they're uncomfortable with it. I get it. It's kind of weird if you think about it that it is so normal to look at, like, naked pictures of other people and, like, and, like, (laughs) rub one out. (laughs) Um, And that doesn't isn't considered cheating. It is a little weird if you think about it, but I don't think it's cheating. I don't think it's cheating at all. I think it's just fantasy. And I think that it's just like anything else you could fantasize about. It's just that there's there's tangible evidence of what you're fantasizing about visually. Whereas otherwise, there's just that's in someone else's head and you can't know what they're thinking about yeah. or seeing. So I don't really think there's anything truly wrong with it. But I understand completely why she's upset about it because it does ignite those insecurities. Luckily, I don't have the kind of afflictions that Nathan has. I am very comfortable going into a dark room and imagining my beautiful wife. Oh, my God. Why? Are, where is this happening? Any room of the house. That's oh, my good. God. We do not need to get into this. We do not need to get into this. <laughs> um, no, but that's not, I mean, the point is that people are welcome to their private thoughts and fantasies and whatnot. That's not cheating. It's never been cheating uh, to most people. But there's just this tangible evidence now of what he's thinking about and the fact that it's not always Haley. I'm sure it's yeah. often Haley, though, because I would think most teenage boys are thinking about the girl that they actually want to have sex with most of the time, but they're using this stuff to kind of get them through it. Yeah. I would think that most, like, I understand from Haley's perspective, but definitely she has nothing to worry about in terms of being competition because, like, no one prefers porn in their hand. I'm sorry. No. Like, when it comes to porn versus, like, a real flesh and blood human being that you have feelings for and are attracted to, like, it's no contest. It's no contest. So, Haley, girl, it's okay. Because there's one thing if she, like, walked into his apartment and after never being there and Mm -hmm. found, like, an entire room with, like, thousands of DVDs and, like, (laughs) Like 15 blow up dolls. Oh, God. With people that he knows. Like, if he had pictures and videos of like himself with like Peyton <laughs> or had like a blow up doll that had like Brooks' face on it or oh something. Oh, my God. That I could. I could, I could some yeah, like that's a problem. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a problem. But for now, that's where we leave those two. Yeah. It's and not great. She's upset, very embarrassed. He's obviously very embarrassed. I think she takes off then, right? She just like I think so. Walks out. She does. But then speaking of upset, we have Father Jake. Father Jake. He shows up at the mall. He's very upset mm-hmm. because Peyton swears like I we just we stopped looking for 2 seconds. That's all it took. But then we see Nikki waltzing back. She said like, "Hey, I just went shopping and rode the carousel." What the fuck? She took that baby on a carousel? That she has ridden Lucas on? Are you serious? And countless other people. 
Who knows how many times that... I mean, she she literally had a key from working there. There's no way she didn't have most of her sex on that carousel at this point. If that was the first place her brain went to when she thought she could hook up with Lucas was, oh, I got to bring him to the carousel. Like, she has definitely been a bit of... Maybe she wanted to show Jenny where she was conceived. I mean, that's part of her repertoire. So I mean... That's good. She mentions this carousel as often as she fucking can. Like, she honestly... She mentioned in the last one, got any carousels in this one bedroom? Like... This is her thing. Is this carousel? She's into the see. Some people are into giantess <laughs> women, but she's into carousels. Um, but I think it's weird she took her daughter on that. But anyway, she comes back with no shopping bags, despite going shopping. And Nikki's being very calm here. You know, like she's super I said, calm. I was going to take Jenny shopping, but Jake is obviously upset with Nikki and. Takes, they, put, they put Jenny back in the stroller, and the security guard is like, hey, is this true that this is the mom? Like, wh- what are you making all this ruckus about? Mm-hmm. And, you know, Jake Jake's is like, clearly listen, upset. Listen, Mr. Officer Man, you don't understand. She walked out on this little girl, and he, this guy is like, listen, kids, get your shit together with your own child. I don't have time for this. We are mall cops, and we have more important things. We have to monitor the piercing pagoda. We can't be chasing around all your little high school BS drama. That's right. Get a lawyer. And this is where Jake walks away and the girls are just left there. And Peyton is very upset about this because Jake is obviously, he's still, he's still upset about this. And Jake is upset with Peyton. I mean, he's clearly upset with Peyton about it. And that's killing Peyton because she cares about these, these peeps, you know? Now we go to Karen's, Karen's cafe, that is. And Dan walks in and sees Deb and makes a lesbian joke. About Karen and her being partners, yeah. Yeah, you know, you guys were talking about being partners, but I didn't realize it was in business or something like that. I, I don't know. <laughs> something like that. Something like that, yeah. Some kind of lesbian joke there. And Deb tries to give back the watch that Dan left there. Well, how do you know I didn't leave it as payment? <gasps> what a thing to say. Low blow, sir. This is the person that Dan has become. Was it because he didn't get custody of Lucas? That's the question. <laughs> well, he's also going through a divorce with this woman right now, which is no reason to say something like that. That like I, it's just he's so rude. I don't know how Deb didn't throw that watch in his face, but she just tucks it very kindly into his front pocket. Yeah. And as that happens, Karen comes over and she's like, "I need to talk to you, Dan." And she pulls him to the side. Like, why did you tell Lucas this? What are you doing? Dan is tired. Of being called the devil. Why on earth would you tell him that you wanted custody? I'm not the devil, Karen. I'm tired of being blamed for everything. Not everything. Just your due. You suggest to me that I abort my child and then one day you grow this tiny sliver of conscience that has long since disappeared. And you expect a medal for that? No, I expect you to be held as accountable as I have to be. You're the one who kept the truth from him. This is not about accountability. You don't regret missing out on Lucas's life. You hate the fact that I beat you. And you're punishing him because some lawyer told you years ago that you could never win this one. And that is pathetic, Dan. So do me a favor. Just stay away from him. Can't do that. I'm his coach. Little evil glint in his eye. Yeah. God. So this is where I was thinking, like, it makes perfect sense to me why Karen would have done what she did earlier in her life. A hundred percent. Everybody makes mistakes. And that's what we were talking about before with Nikki, because obviously Nikki wants to be in Jenny's life. Mm-hmm. She made a mistake when she left town or wherever she went. Who knows? And she wants to rectify that. Now she is doing it with some erratic behavior. Mm-hmm. But if we go to Dan's side here, Dan left town, went to college, and he did ask for her to get an abortion. And he came back. He obviously, I don't know if he, he probably didn't change his mind about the abortion. Uh, about having asked him. I don't know if he felt any regret over that. But now that Lucas is born and he wanted to be in, in his life, 
like maybe Dan did realize, like, hey, I made a mistake. I need to be, I need to man up, as they say, be in this kid's Well, life. I mean, the fact that he was facing fatherhood either way and was like, well, I'm going to be a father of this other child, like, and, and maybe Nathan was even born at that point. I don't know if this, because this was after Lucas was born, but maybe Nathan was already born. He had this love for Nathan that he felt as a father. And he was like, oh, my God, like, it's really hitting me that, like, this other child is out there that's my child. And I don't want to go through my whole life not knowing my child. You know, I could see how that would happen. I mean, in a way, though, this is interesting that we have the these two different comparing situations of Nikki walking out on Jenny but wanting to be involved again, just like we kind of have with... Um, Dan. Although in Nikki's case, it's a lot worse what she's going through because she gave birth to Jenny. I mean, she carried her in her body for nine months, gave birth to her, was around and with her for the first, you know, maybe month or two is the impression I got and then took off, you know, but she, so she's like much more emotionally attached and involved. I guess you could say that that makes her abandonment worse, but I also think it also makes her desire to come back a lot more sincere probably. Yeah, like the only yeah. issue I ever have with like Nikki is just some of her, like what you if you want to classify it as like erratic behavior. Oh, for sure. Or she's only she's only back to be in Jenny's life, but then the next second she's trying to make out with his neck. She's just and trying then to so on. take. She is used to using her wildly woman ways to get what she wants, and so she's just used that any way that she can, and that's what she was doing with Jake. I mean, she was just trying to seduce him so she could get back to Jenny. Because the only thing I could think of that I wouldn't want if I were Jake, to have Nikki as, as have any custody at all, is if I thought, truly thought, that Nikki would cause any kind of harm or danger to this girl. Yeah. Because nobody's a perfect parent, for sure. There is some kind of a scene. I don't know if it's even this season because there's only one episode left. There is some kind of a time where we do learn a little bit about Nikki's behavior with Jenny when before she left. Do we? Yes. See, I don't, don't want to spoil it, though, because I don't remember when it comes. Okay, but I well. will say that we will learn a little bit more about it that I think does justify Jake's perspective a little bit more. But we're not even on that. We Let's get back to Jake in a little bit because I, I want right. to I don't want to get super derailed from our Yeah, we went back and order. forth because the storylines are so Yeah, similar. they're definitely connected, though. Yeah. But Karen is obviously like, hey, get the fuck out of here. I'm the coach. And he waltzes out. Yes. And now we go to Peyton in bed drawing. And just like everybody else in Tree Hill, nobody knocks on the front door or rings a doorbell. They just waltz right in. Haley's in the doorway. And she asks, like, are you all right? Yeah, because Peyton is sitting there. She has her headphones in. She's drawing. She's clearly not in a good place mentally, like very upset. And she kind of starts telling Haley, you know, something happened with Jenny. I feel like I really messed up. And Haley's like, well, is she okay? She's like, yeah, yeah. But like, I'm really upset about it. Um, and Haley, Haley's nice. She's like, you know what? I was going to dump some shit on you, but you're dealing with enough. I'll come back later. Like, I hope you're okay. Which I like that as, as a friend. That's so interesting. I like that too, because you very rarely see that on TV, I think, where somebody's actually like, oh, okay, let me assess this situation and decide if it makes sense for me to come just like burden you with all my problems. Yeah. People usually just go in and do it. So I like that I mean, a lot that. of people in real life do it that way too. Oh, 100%. Like a lot of people that I've met mm-hmm. don't care about your problems as much as they care about their own, oh. which is, you know, whatever. It's a lot of people. It's a lot of people. But Peyton says, Haley, you know what? Tell me. I want you to tell me what's up. And this is where Haley brings up Nathan's computer collection and all of these Pamela Anderson wannabes. It's all these creepy porn. Yeah, she does say creepy porn, which I don't think there's anything creepy about Amazonian women. I don't think there's anything creepy about anything. But I think just for Haley, any porn is creepy. You know what I tell you about? There was a a guy at work. I remember he had a kid who discovered internet porn on his phone. Oh, right, right, right. But when my coworker found out about it, he discovered the search history. This kid is like searching for women being tied up and shit. <gasps> <laughs> and it ma- makes me. How old me... was this kid again? 
He's like eight. Oh! Which is like a very interesting... See, that would be an interesting internet search. That would have been an interesting bookmark. Women uh, tied up on train tracks or something. That's... Alex, it's not what he was referring to. What do you mean? When people want to look at sexual pictures of women tied up, it's not women being tied to train tracks in like 1870. It's like actual BDSM shit. No, I I realize that, honey. I was making a joke. (laughs) Well, um, actually, side note, I dated a guy. It was, this was one of the last people I dated. I don't remember how many people I dated right before you, but it was one of the last people I dated right before you. And he revealed to me, we we went away for a weekend together. And during this trip, he revealed to me that when he was eight years old, he used to fantasize about locking women up in his basement and like tied up and shit and like abusing them. And do you want to know how I reacted when he said this? I, I think I remember you reacting, but I want you to tell me anyway. So he tells me all of this. And I was like, wow, thank you for telling me that. That must have been really hard for you to share. And he was like, well, yeah, I mean, like, I feel I always felt really like horrified by this. I, was like, I don't know why I was thinking this. I feel really bad. And I was like... No, I mean, you shouldn't feel bad. I mean, it's okay. Like, everyone has thoughts that are strange when they're young. And, like, there's probably something going on. What were your influences? I didn't take that as a fucking sign to run. And let me just tell you. You should have been pocket dialing an Uber or something at that point. I should have done so many things differently. (laughs) Um, But that was me in 2018. 2022, Lena, would run for the fucking hills with my rape whistle a-blowing. See? So and let me mace, just tell you. Pocket mace. And pocket mace that Alex bought me. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So nevertheless. Anyway. Anyway. Haley asked Peyton, would you be bothered if you found this on his computer while you guys were together? And Peyton says, no, not really. But I'm not in love with Nathan. I was never in love with Nathan the way that you are. Mm-hmm. And like Haley even mentions that he's having cyber sex, which I don't think she knows what cyber she sex doesn't. is. She doesn't. Oh, see, Haley, cyber sex is when you are chatting with somebody in an AOL instant messenger or Yahoo messenger, and you say things like ASL, and they make up some age, sex, and location, and then you say, "Oh, let me see what what, what do your boobs look like?" And then you say, "Well, I have large areolas." <laughs> I don't know. I have areolas that could be confused as paper plates. <laughs> the size of a CD-ROM. <laughs> <laughs> Very. All of these things are very uh, decade appropriate here. I'm trying to think. I don't know why. I was trying to come up with like very authentic sounding cyber sex. And all I came up with was what do your areolas look like? Well, anyway. Anyway. People used to have cyber sex via chat. That's all I'm saying. They did. Okay. Moving on. But moving on. Peyton is telling Haley like, hey, like I wouldn't worry about it. But I was never in love with him like the mm-hmm. way you are. But I still don't think it's any reason to freak out because he's not... Like, like we talked about before. We've mentioned all this before. Well, no, but Kaylee is like, uh, she goes on again. She says again how insecure she feels about the whole thing and how uncomfortable she is. You know, he said he's totally cool with waiting until I'm ready. But if he's filling up with cyber sex in the meantime, I'm not going to measure up to that. Which is so weird to me because it's like, where do you think his sexual urges are going? I mean, I'm, again, I'm not saying he needs to be watching porn or something by any means. He could just be using his imagination and that would probably be fine. But I also have the feeling she would almost be bothered in any way that he's expressing himself sexually. And I I don't know, because she seems... It's funny, because in the previous scene with Nathan, she says, you know I'm not a prude. I think you know that. But... And I'm not saying... Again, I'm not trying to say that if you're upset by porn or uncomfortable with it, that means you're prude automatically, because I don't think it does. But she's certainly not, like, presenting as, like, super comfortable with his sexuality. Well, I, I think the biggest thing here, too, is in the back of her mind, knowing that Nathan has had sex before and she hasn't. Absolutely. So it's like, I understand how she can be so insecure. Yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. But if he is not taking his palm and inserting some woman inside of it, or, you know, (laughs) if he's using his palm instead of finding some other girl out there, that's what I'm saying. Okay. Then, like, if he's only using his palm, who cares? Come on. Yeah, I, I, I just don't know, I guess. I guess I wonder, like, where... Because I, I guess, honestly, it's just because it's reminding me of that conversation I had with my lab partner who mm-hmm. was very upset just about the whole premise of him even doing anything. Her boyfriend, I mean. So it makes me wonder how Haley, because it's not like Haley, though, again, it's only because she has tangible proof now that he is doing this. And right. it, because she has no way of knowing what's in his head anyway. I Again, I understand though, because when I was like 20, 21, I was dating somebody, I was very nervous about the idea of them watching porn, even though I knew that they were. I mean, I, of course I knew that that was happening. It made me really uncomfortable at that age. Because I was not as sexually experienced and it made me nervous. So, I mean, I understand. I just, anyway, so so the scene wraps up with Peyton, I think, being really kind and very, and offering her a lot of comfort by being like, these other girls, the internet girls, the school girls at school, whatever, they don't have anything for Nathan like you do because you have his heart, dude. And I love when she says that. That was very nice. It's really nice. And I hope, I think it means something to Haley. Now we go to Nathan and Lucas and they're in the weight room at the school and Lucas is lifting weights. And Lucas brings up Haley, speaking of, and wants to know, like, what was she was she upset yesterday? And Nathan brings up about him looking at websites that have boobies. <laughs> and Lucas understands. He's like, See, Madonna, for me, was, oh, sexuality. Got it. Lucas says, like, who cares, man, as long as you stay away from sites with farm animals. Which made Nathan laugh and it made me laugh. Made Lena laugh. <laughs> it did make me laugh. I don't know why I'm staring very like quietly and intently. As I know I was. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> thrown a little bit when you're doing that. But they're sorry. in here talking about this, mm-hmm. and it kind of the camera kind of backs away, and they're still talking about this porn. She's really mad about porn, and we see Dan in the hallway looking in and seeing Nathan and Lucas getting along like two brothers would. Mm-hmm. And this is where Whitey comes up behind him. And what does Whitey say? Whitey says, "You know, most dads would be happy." to watch that this site would make them feel joy inside but i imagine for you it is your worst nightmare because you sir are a monster and then whitey walks away <laughs> whitey walks away almost like this was his entire like he just, just saw dan and wanted to say perfectly some shit. timed opportunity for Whitey to walk up and like spill some shit and then walk away yep so funny i like it when whitey does that i know me too whitey is great for just like tearing down down and it's so beautiful but then we go back to lucas's house mm-hmm. and Lucas is lying on his bed, or he's sitting there. I don't remember what he's doing, but Karen uh, walks in yeah. to apologize because she wants to apologize for lying about Dan. She's like, I shouldn't have done this. Yeah, and then Lucas is like, I don't think you understand how horrible this is for me. In all these years, I was sure I should hate him because he didn't want me. I guess I'm mad at you for making me question that now. I'm not sure I should hate him. Not even sure I know him. And Lucas's little eyes are filled with tears. And it's very sad. Like, he's clearly, like, this is killing him. I mean, this has come up in every conversation we have seen Lucas have basically this entire episode. Like, he can't stop thinking about this situation with Dan. And he asks Karen, was he ever a good person? Like, you loved him at some point, right? Like, he must have been good at some point in his life. Once upon a time, mm -hmm. he was. Yeah. Which is an interesting thing to say. It is. Because it's going to further ingrain into Lucas, like, am I the reason that Dan is the way he is? Yeah. In the end, is it because of me and my existence? Lucas, this is, there's a lot of weight on Lucas, where he has to feel responsible for a lot of people's lives. Like, he has to feel responsible for his mom not having as much of a life as she wanted. He has to feel responsible for Dan turning into a monster. Like, it's not, none of these things are his fault, of course, but it's understandable why this is hard for him to handle. 
Now we're at practice in the gymnasium, Dan blowing his little whistle, and he changes the offense. What does he change the offense to, honey? Trivia question. No fucking clue. Are you serious? Yeah. No, I have no idea. (laughs) Dan is changing the offense to run and gun. What does that mean? Like, basically, you get the ball on one side of the court, right? Once you get it, you run and then gun, like, just shoot. So, like, don't spend time, like, developing. Why is that a good option? Well, it, it just depends, honey. You know like what, what it is? Is that's a very that sounds like a very aggressive play that you would need to have so much precision and confidence for because you're not taking that time to set up or be set up or whatever. And a lot of speed too. Like mm-hmm. I remember, like in, in football, there was a team that like Oregon. I forget who who coached them at this moment, but it doesn't matter. But they did a lot of run and gun to where they would do no huddle stuff and they would just go right down the field and like score a touchdown in like a minute and a half and they would constantly strive to do that i mean that just sounds like a very high caliber to be operating at all the time and if that's their main offense strategy with dan that's you can see why he's destroying them in practice because that's what we're seeing in this scene dan is set they're doing like they're running everywhere they're doing i don't know what they're called but they're like these things where they have to like kind of squat and like hold the position for a period of time that he's making them do these free throws where they have to hit 10th free throws in a row, and if they miss one, they have to run with weights. Like, he is being a drill sergeant. Yeah, it's not great. Honestly, this would be a terrible uh, time to be. It would be horrible. And as soon as Tim questions it, he's like, well, you're benched. Anybody else want to speak up? So he's being like a fucking lunatic, like dictator. And poor Lucas is running, and he can't run anymore. And Dan's like, get it together, bitch. And Lucas pukes all over the gym floor. And Nathan is like, my God, Dad, what are you doing to this kid? And Dan's like, You better clean this shit up, boy. Get a bucket and a mop (laughs) to clean up this wet-ass vomit. Okay? (laughs) It's pretty bad, needless to say. So after this practice, where Lucas is projectile vomiting everywhere you can see, he goes over to Haley's and collapses on her bed. This is the first time we really see them hanging out in this way, which is kind of nice. I think it might also be the last time we do, but whatever. Um, He collapses on Haley's bed, and it's like, oh, my God, practice is horrible. Dan is a psychopath. You know, it was bad for me, but my God, it was bad for Nathan because I got to see just how abusive Dan is up close. And Haley has no interest in feeling sorry for Nathan. She rolls her eyes. She's like, all right, sure, whatever. He has it hard. I heard it. Well, boo fucking who? And Lucas is like, no, for real, Haley. Like, he is it really hard. And like, maybe you should lay off of him about all this like internet porn shit because like he has a hard life. And Haley's like, What? And he's like, yeah, you know, we've been we've been hanging out, lifting weights. He told me a little bit about what was going on. And like, here's the thing. At least he's not cheating on you. <laughs> That's right. He's not cheating on you. What a thing to say. <laughs> and like, maybe this is actually helping him give you space. He shouldn't need help giving me space. He should be better than that, especially if he loves me. And I cannot believe that you're defending him. Who's protecting my heart in this, Luke? Hey, OK, OK. I didn't say it was OK. And he's like, whoa, I didn't sign up for a bitch fest. I just want to support my brother. Yeah. And maybe the guy just needs a little support. Mm-hmm. So I like that everybody is talking and everybody's becoming friends here. I like it and too. getting close. I, 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 like I do understand. I mean, I don't think that Lucas's point of, well, at least he's not cheating on you was good. Because yeah. like, that's not a good reason to cheat on somebody, especially in high school. Jesus. But I think his heart was in the right place with the way he was defending Nathan. And I appreciate that. So either way, either way, though, we have multiple people now in Haley's ear telling her, maybe just let this go. Like, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. Now we go to Jake's house. Peyton shows up. Jake still looks annoyed. And Peyton just, she starts to apologize. Like, you know, like, I I didn't mean for, it's two seconds. You can't do that, Peyton. 
But I'm not mad at you. I'm mad at Nikki. I'm just disappointed in you. I'm just disappointed. Come on. I know you're a dad, Jake, but must you? Come on. Come on, guy. Um, but, but yeah, go on. But a lot of stuff is really going on in Jake's head because he like talked to an attorney. Mm-hmm. And he mentioned like the custody battle would be fair game. And a lot of times, custody battle always rules in favor. A lot of the time they rule in favor mm-hmm. of the of the mother. Yeah. And Peyton's like, even if they know how much of a horrible person she is, and he's like, well, you watch the way she played that cop, so this girl's dangerous. Yeah. And Jake <laughs> mentions, like, you know, I've, I've got to get out of here. I've got a cousin in Savannah. Like, if, if Nick come, if Nikki comes after Jenny, it'll cost me a fortune to fight her. Like, my parents can barely hold it together now. So, like, we can't afford to do this. So, Jake sees the only way out is to run, run, run. Time to run and hide. That's the plan. He's going to figure out a way to run away. And Peyton is like, shit. Yeah. And that's the scene. <laughs> um, next, we go to Haley. Who, okay, here's the thing that's interesting about this scene. Haley is on the computer again, working on her English paper at Nathan's house. So I get, do they make up enough that, like, she's at the house using the computer again? We don't see them speak again. Well, maybe she has a key and she needs to get that paper done. I, yeah, I guess. But, like, she's already got it started. I'm just surprised she went back to the site of so much agony. You she know? already had the first, like, sentence or two Haley, done. Haley, have so, you heard of going yeah. to the library? Just saying. Yeah. Anyway, she's not really doing anything wrong. It's just, I think it's more interesting the way they are um, organizing the story because yeah. it, I would think that she's at his apartment alone on his computer again. They must have made up in some way. And it seems strange to have not seen that scene. Um, and if they didn't have that scene, it's a little bit strange to me that she's there. So I don't know. Anyway, she's on the computer again um, and she sees a folder. I don't know how she's doing this. I don't remember what she's looking for or whatever. I don't even remember what the folder says on it. The folder is called Peyton. Oh, yeah, that's right. And then inside of it, there's like six or seven pictures that mm-hmm. just say Peyton 1, Peyton 2. Mm-hmm. Very unique names. And it's just <laughs> pictures, of, or it looks like screen captures of yeah. Peyton's webcam. Various stages of undress. Yeah, which is very interesting. None of them that are super erotic, though. I mean, she's in a towel and kind of... Now, I guess when you're in high school, like, seeing a girl in a towel is probably enough. I mean... Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> um, I wouldn't think it'd be enough against the amazing Amazons, but I mean, hey, you know. Huh. Uh, so obviously this is very upsetting. But it, it was pretty soon after, like a couple seconds later, mm-hmm. Nathan walks into the apartment and Haley shows the computer to Nathan and says, hey, dude, I'm feeling like very self-conscious about all this, feeling very vulnerable. What happened to sex being magical and being an amazing expression that you love someone? Triple jointed and waxed girls are a lie. <laughs> When she says the thing about what happened to sex being magical and being about love, that makes me want to cry because it reminds me so much of how I thought about sex and how much that was beaten out of me in adulthood. <laughs> and it makes me really sad. <laughs> um, but anyway, I, I hear what she's saying. I'm heartbroken for her because this to me would be by far the most painful part. Not the porn. The porn would be painful. See, that's the thing. This is yes. the part that would bother me. This is the personal part. This is an ex-girlfriend because it's not even just some girl from the high school that that's he's never bad. been with. That's terrible, though, too. It is. God. But this is like his ex-girlfriend mm-hmm. with whom he has had sex. Yeah, and, and he hasn't been broken up with that long either. They dated off and on for like two years, and they've only been broken up, what, three or four months at this point? So, and, like, and she's also friends with Peyton. She sees her all the time, and like Peyton's one of the most popular girls in the school. There's a lot there to be intimidated by. And the fact that he would have kept these pictures would make her think, oh, this is part of that same world for him of like fantasy and nathan basically says that though he's like listen he i don't think he i don't think she's even addressed yet the paint pictures yet right. she's just kind of going off about the feelings that she's having 
about the whole situation because they're all triggered again. He's like, listen, this is all just a fantasy. This isn't real. I don't think it's real either. Like, it's okay. I'm not expecting you to be that, basically. But then she turns the computer around and shows the pictures of Peyton because that is real to And her. she's like, so is this also a fantasy? Or what about Peyton? Is she also a fantasy or something along those lines? Then he closes the lid and mentions, like, you know, I want privacy in my own apartment. I always feel blame him for this because of course this is humiliating for him you know and like he doesn't want to have to explain himself he obviously he obviously didn't think about the fact that she could see all this stuff if she looked at his computer so he's probably just like humiliated but then she gets real serious and she comes over to him she grabs his hand between her hands i think she looks him deeply in the eyes and she says i gave you my heart that's all And if that's not enough for you, then I'm not enough for you. Is this the end of Haley and Nathan? I just want to say I really respect that she's saying this. Yeah. Because as much as I don't necessarily think I would have reacted the same way, or I'm not sure, but I think there's a lot of people that would react differently to this potentially. This is her line. This is a big deal to her. She is expressing that. She is owning it. She's not feeling, she's not going to do something she's not prepared to do just because she's insecure about this. I think this is a great example for like teenage girls that they have a female character who does view sex this way, especially because the show has so many very sexual female characters. We have one who is standing firm to what she believes, owning how she feels, saying, this is my limitation. Like I'm giving you me and myself emotionally. I'm not going to give you myself to you sexually. You need to deal with that. And it's not enough for you if you if you expect more from me. I just I, I love this. It's just so rare to see something like that. And I'm very proud of her for it. So even though I have mixed feelings about the storyline itself, I feel like that's a really good moment. Anyway, I'll move on. It is a good moment. I think it's great that all these kids and teens talk about their feelings as much as they do. <laughs> I mean, in my life, this is how things were as a teenager, but I know that's not the case for you. So. That's not the case for me. I know. Now we go to Jake's house again. Peyton is still there holding baby Jenny while Jake is, I don't know, changing sheets or something in the crib. I don't know what's up. <laughs> yeah. But Jake says, like, I'm serious, Peyton. I need to leave. Peyton says, you know, I've got a way for you to get out. And mentions that her dad's transport is leaving for the Keys. And that that is close. Like, close to where he docks is. It's closer well, to Savannah than I think they, they stop it. a couple of places on yeah, the way to the Keys. That's right. That's yeah. right. And, <laughs> and, Peyton, and Jake is like, your dad wouldn't mind? And she was like, oh, we'll just tell him that you're visiting relatives by a transit boat. That's how or I Or transport boat. What the fuck? This plan is insane. This is insane. I think it's great. Well, we're going to get to how much more insane it truly feels to me when we get to the scene of them saying goodbye. But honestly, I'm just, my mind is blown that this is the way they're handling a custody dispute. Well, I mean, Peyton says like, Jake, I don't want you to go. Well, hey, if I stay, she will win custody, Peyton. I can't have that. Well, the boat leaves in the morning. Tomorrow. You have to leave tomorrow morning. Pack now. Now we go to Karen's cafe. Somebody comes in with a package for Deb. Deb is wearing a halter top. I just want to point that out because why is she wearing a halter top at the cafe? I don't know what a halter top is. I know you said this yesterday, but a halter I don't, top is a is a shirt that the there's no sleeves on it. The the top of it, um, the, the actual top of it where it like holds up just goes around your neck, so it's entirely bare back. And halter tops typically have a lot of um, cleavage as well, which this does. And again, I'm not shaming Deb for wearing this. She looks fucking great. But why is she wearing that at the cafe? She's trying to get tips. What can I, I mean, say? I'm just saying that's the guy that you wear at like a bar. That's not, I'm just surprised. Well, There's nothing wrong with it. I'm just surprised by it. You know? Anyway, go on. 
You know, New York City has their Coyote Ugly, but One Tree Hill has Karen's, Karen's Cafe. Cafe. <laughs> so think about it. Yep. All right, but now she finds out that this package, it is the divorce papers. It's finally here. Mm-hmm. Once she signs this, it'll be over. But she's feeling sad. She never expected to feel sad. Unexpectedly sad, yeah. Which she should have expected. A divorce is sad, even if you really want it. It's yeah. still sad. It's bittersweet, if nothing else. Because it closes officially a chapter that you thought you would have. Absolutely. Alex and I are both divorced. But now we're married to each other. Yay! Anyway, we both know what it's like to go through this process, and it's weird. That's right. It is weird. It is weird. Now we go to the gymnasium where Nathan and Lucas are running around practicing together. And Dan is there and he sees them and he just gives them a look. Long ass stare. Because this is kind of a little montage that they're doing here. Mm-hmm. Because then we see Deb signing the divorce papers. Crying, I think, while signing too, isn't yeah, she? Yeah, she's all she tearful. Is. Then we go to the dock where Jake is walking. He's carrying Jenny in his arm, I think. Yeah, and Peyton's waiting there. He's carrying Jenny. He has a duffel bag and he has a guitar. And that is all he has with him. Now, to be fair, we don't know that that guitar case isn't holding bottles of formula. I mean, maybe it is, but I somehow doubt it. I wonder how they're going to feed this kid. How are they going to feed the kid? How are they going to clothe the kid? Like, what is his plan? How long does it take to get to Savannah or to to the Florida Keys? By a fucking boat? By a boat. I I don't know. I just don't know. I am just, I am baffled by this situation. I didn't realize how small this boat was either until they got there. This boat is like, it's basically a rowboat. It is so tiny. I don't know if it's basically a rowboat, but (laughs) but it's it's a small boat. As small as the boat is, spoiler alert for Dawson's Creek, it is as small as a boat as Pacey and Joey sailed around the sea in. That's true. That's very true. And I'm just saying, it is a tiny ass boat. And he's, no wonder, I mean, no wonder he's only bringing his baby and his guitar, but still, dude, like, this is why. 16-year-old men should not run away with children. Yeah. <laughs> One of many reasons, but this isn't a good example. You don't know what you're packing, man. Peyton gives him a kiss on the cheek, mm-hmm. tearfully says goodbye, and they start to board, and that's it. Is that the end of Jake's story? We'll find out. What in the world? I just, like, no one is questioning why this little boy is coming onto this book. I, I just, I don't know. My mind is blown. Obviously, it's not the end of Jake's story. I just realized that Lena mentioned earlier that we find out more about Nikki. So. <laughs> well, it doesn't mean that Jake comes, like, is back. It just means that he That's comes true. up in conversation at some point. Christ, you know? he could die on the way to Florida Keys and the Spoiler only survivor. <laughs> and, like, Jenny's in a basket, and she floats to shore, and she's raised by feral wolves. Wow. See, that's that's a show I want to see. That's like a spinoff I'm interested in. See? Lucas also stops by to see Peyton and asks if she's okay. Um, This is after, I guess, the montage ends. Yeah. And he is coming in, and she's, like, she's, like, not interested, really. You know, she's laying on her bed, feeling sad, and he's like, look, I need to apologize yet again. And he's saying this sincerely. I want to apologize yet again for not being a good person. And she's like, I'm sick of hearing this shit. If you want to change, you got to change yourself. Yeah. Well, well, it's this point that, like, you know, he doesn't know what else to say. She says, you need to fucking be better. You got to look inside and make a change. Okay. And Lucas says, you know what? I am going to be making a few changes. But I just wanted to see you before, before I did that. Like, we don't know what's coming, but we immediately go from here to Keith still packing up his, his place mm-hmm. when Karen shows up. And Karen seeing the result of everything for the first time because she's seeing his entire place packed into boxes. Mm-hmm. And the full reality of this comes and she says, you know, I didn't want this. I didn't want you leaving, you being upset with me. But somehow here we are. She asks Keith, like, did I trap you or, or lead you on? Trick you into loving Lucas? Yeah. And Keith said, no, but that's what happened. You didn't trick me into loving you either, but here we are. And you still would have been there for Lucas and me. And what for? So I could end up pushing 40, still living in a bachelor apartment. Don't you see, Karen? 
You got what you needed, and so did Lucas. But what about me? I never said this before, but I will now. I stood by you, and I stood by Lucas. And I'm glad I did that, but I just, I can't help but think, why? I just want to say before we move on from this, I understand where Keith is coming from, but this is very unfair to be putting on Karen. He made the choice to not pursue other relationships. Absolutely right. She never implied that they were going to be together. It's not like they've been dating off and on for 15 years, then he proposed and she didn't know. They never even fucking dated. He, he fantasized about what it would be like to be with her. He did not, to my understanding, he did not pursue her in any direct way until she kissed him at the airport. That was the first time their friendship turned into potentially something more. So him saying, why did I stick around and do that? That, that was his decision. It's very unfair for him to be placing that on her like she somehow wasted his life for him. No, I'm sorry, Keith. I get where you're coming from emotionally, but that is very unfair to put on Karen. Yeah. I just feel like that needed to be said. I think you're right about that, honey. But speaking of the boy that he loves. Lucas, Lucas walks in. Hello, Lucas. And interrupts and says, you know, like, we need to talk. And Lucas acknowledges that Karen did her best. And if she hadn't kept Dan away with Keith, uh, or kept Dan away, Keith and him wouldn't be so close. And he would have hated to have missed that. Yeah, and that's a good point. That is a good point. Mm -hmm. Like, he's understanding, like, why she kept that secret. That she needed to find herself. It's Lucas's time, he says. It's my time to find myself and start over. But what does that mean, starting over, hon? I want to go with Keith. I want to leave Tree Hill. And that's it. We fade to black with Lucas wanting to leave. Wow. Can't wait. I think it's great. It is great. What a setup for a season finale. I think it's awesome. It's pretty good. How's Karen going to feel about that? I just... Seeing I probably, well. probably her best friend mm -hmm. leaving is hard enough. Taking her child with him. But then want your son wanting to leave with him? Wow. Maybe she'll have a little bit more empathy now for what Deb is going through with Nathan and wanting to leave her. You know? I know that she has empathy for Deb. It's just she never seems to know what to say. I think this was a really good episode, honestly. It was a good episode. And I actually, what what do you think about rewatch? Would you rewatch this? I think I'd rewatch this. I would too. Why would you rewatch it? Honestly, it's just fun seeing the people come together. Mm -hmm. It's fun looking at Nathan's search history. <laughs> it's fun the zingers that Whitey comes up with. I just think it's fun all the way around. What's funny about you saying that it's fun is that these are not fun storylines in the sense that they are all kind of sad. There's nothing fun specifically about the episode, but I find no. it fun also. I find specifically the porn storyline very fun. And it's sad because like, obviously this is very upsetting and painful for Haley, but we find it fun. <laughs> it is fun. There's, it's just interesting. That's what happens when amazing Amazons are involved. I mean... <laughs> Fast cars, fast women. Um, it's just funny. I mean, it's just interesting, if nothing else. But I also think it's like there's enough going on in this episode. It's moving pretty quickly. It's not as high drama and ha as dark as some of the other episodes have been. So it's kind of a good transitional episode between some of those darker storylines and um, the season finale. So I feel, at this point, excited about the season finale because I think they've set up a number of good stories that we're interested to see what happens. So I agree. I like that Peyton and Brooke got back together as friends in this. And we um, saw that very briefly, but they are doing it again. Yes. There was no I, issue whatsoever between those two in this episode. Absolutely. I mean, Brooke was honestly very, like, she was barely in this episode. She was. So speaking of characters, who would you say your favorite character was from the episode? Honestly, I got to say I like Lucas a lot. Yeah, Lucas. Definitely. Because he's... Just like how much he's thinking about this, mm -hmm. how much he's taking in, where he's so uncertain at the beginning of the episode, but then him coming closer with his brother, mm -hmm. because 
well, he knows what we know what kind of trouble Nathan put him through at the beginning of the season, mm-hmm. beginning of the entire show. But look at what they've become now. They're starting to grow closer together and he's going to everybody and he's kind of turned a little bit from what he has been in the recent episodes. Mm-hmm. He's been very thoughtful about what's going on and what's he, what he's doing when it comes to Haley and Nathan's little porn debacle mm-hmm. and going to Peyton and apologizing and again, again. And he understands what Karen went through and doesn't, he seems at peace with what decision she made. And he's just, I, I like how thoughtful he was being. I like, I like all the range he has in this. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I, I like that there, this is, I can't remember exactly the circumstances, but this is one of, I know there's been a couple of other episodes at least, where the the structure of the episode was sort of structured around um, Lucas trying to understand something about his emotions or his life in some way. Like he's kind of going around consulting with different people. I really like this because it's it's a really consistent emotional arc throughout the episode. While we have all this other stuff going on with different characters, we always come back to all of all of Lucas's scenes or most of Lucas's scenes involve him trying to better understand what happened with Dan. And it's interesting. It's interesting to see him go through that emotional journey um, and how seriously he's taking it and the many different angles he's taking it from. Actually, I remember it's kind of like the episode where he, he thinks Brooke is pregnant and he's going around and talking to all these different people about it and getting their perspective on things. It's, I'd like this as a structure for an episode because it gets really deep into one character. I would love to see this with other characters too, but for now, seeing it with Lucas is really satisfying. It is. Yeah. Um, what would you say is your, I know we don't normally do this, but I'm just curious about it because of what we said about this being kind of fun. What was your favorite storyline of this episode? My favorite storyline? Mm-hmm. Obviously the porn. Yeah, I, I mean, I same. What was your least favorite storyline? My least favorite. I, honestly, it's the the Jake and Nikki stuff. Yeah. At this point. Like, I know that he's a big character in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and spoiler alert, he's he doesn't go anywhere. Like, he yeah. makes it to Florida, unfortunately. Or fortunately, <laughs> well, excuse me. yeah, excuse me. he doesn't, like, die on the way there Yeah, or I don't want them to die or anything. So, that's, <laughs> okay, so let me back up. I just am uninterested in, at, in this for now. Yeah, I agree. I don't really love this storyline on the show. I think it's great that his solution is to set sail. Oh, my God. And run away. I think it's great there. But I want to see... I want to see the stakes amped up more. I guess I just feel sort of like... I want the next... I want Jake to stay there for like another episode. Mm-hmm. And I want Nikki to actually kidnap Jenny. That's what I want instead. <laughs> I guess I just sort of think, why is this the representation we're getting for a teen father storyline? You know what I mean? Like, it went from Jake trying to balance practice and a job and all that stuff and how hard things were for him to then, oh, the complication of, like, the woman, the, the mother coming back... Now it's turning into like an escape plan where they have to, you know, oh, you have to take a boat because if you take her car, she'll be able to track you. Like what? How did it evolve to this so quickly to just being an outlandish storyline? I'd like to know how many single fathers have traveled to the Florida Keys by boat as teens. <laughs> I mean, That's what I, I want to know. It might be hard to find the numbers on that, but these I are think the kind of studies our conversation. These are the kind of studies that America needs to support. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm sure there's people that are really into this storyline. And I'm not saying I'm not interested. I think at the time I was live watching this, I did think it was really interesting because it was so scandalous. But let's put it this way. I like that there are multiple threads out there. Yes. Because we can't have the constant will they, won't they between Peyton, Brooke, and Lucas Mm -hmm. forever. Okay. And we've only got Nathan and Haley who are firmly into each other. But now we have a little bit of discord. Mm Mm-hmm. 
but we can't have that forever. So I like that they are branching out and having more. Because then you've also got Dan and Deb in the background. Yes. You've got Karen and Keith in the background also now. Mm-hmm. So I like that they're putting even more out it's there. It's pretty robust, the amount of storylines we have and, like, different ideas and topics we can dip in and out of. So, so yeah, there's a lot from this episode. It was very good, I thought, overall. I'm, it sets up well the next episode. So I'm really excited about it. Me too. Um, for now, though, I think, that, I think that's it. Do you have anything else to add, Alex? I don't have anything else to add, Lena. Perfect. Well, this has been Alex. And this has been Lena. And this was Getting Mouthy. Mm-hmm.